They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they offered their treasures and offered, opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's a story we've heard so many times that we know so well that perhaps we've forgotten. We're not just meant to know the story, to hear it, but to imitate it. And very often we stop short there. And because of it, we don't feel what they felt. What were they? Overjoyed. When's the last time that you were overjoyed? Not just joyful, but so filled with joy that your heart was just brimming and overflowing with it. I think maybe you might have to reach all the way back to childhood when you got that, 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 that Christmas present that you really wanted, that you thought it was impossible to get, that your parents even said, oh, probably not this year, and then you got it. We don't react that way to Christmas presents anymore. We're usually like, oh, thanks, honey. This is a very nice scarf. (laughs) Instead of jumping up and down for joy, having a reaction that is worthy of being videotaped. But even that doesn't last, does it? I mean, I know even the best presents I ever received. A couple weeks, a couple months later, I was already moving on to the next desires of my heart, to the newer model of whatever it was that I I had so desperately longed for. Perhaps we think of some of life's greatest moments when we were just overjoyed. Uh, At our wedding, perhaps, or maybe the birth of our children. At various moments in our lives. But even there... We let sadness creep back in eventually when the trials of life caught up to us. What our hearts long for is to be so filled and overflowing with joy that we can have that experience of the Magi. How do we do that? Well, by using our reason and exercising our faith. By coming to know God, by recognizing Him where He is, And not just knowing that he is, but knowing who he is. By being able to enter into a relationship with him to where he isn't this distant creator that I know someday will be a judge, but that is a close friend, the closest friend of my heart, that is truly my father in whose image I have been created, that is the lover of my soul, that that, that knows me to the depths and who has revealed himself to me in whom I can say that I truly know. Not just know about, but know. So how do the Magi do it? Well, first, they use their reason. And that's sometimes something that we don't exercise too much when it comes to uh, God. Because we think he's this great mystery. What is there to know about him? Instead, I'm just going to use my brain for my job. Right? I'm going to learn my job that gets me money as well as possible because you know what? i got to put food on the table. So that's where I'm going to spend my energy and my focus. Or maybe in my hobbies because that's where I just go to relax and unwind. And so I'm going to get to learn this particular craft or this particular thing so well. Or we use our astounding intellects. Right, The, the fact that we can reason is such an incredible thing. The fact that we can read. What a a great gift. 
that most of humanity did not ever have. Right? Throughout the, the course of the history of humanity, most of them could not read. We can. And what is it that I read more often than not? What are the Packers' chances of making the playoffs? <laughs> right? Or, or, or uh, what is this news article or that one? Or what is this celebrity gossip or that celebrity gossip? And if you ask me, do I care about that? I would say, no, no, no. I care much more about the Lord. And then if you ask me, well, how much time are you spending with the Bible or the catechism? I would have to kind of say, well, I, I guess uh, maybe not so as much. <laughs> because those, a- those um, articles, the things that pop up, They're meant to get our attention. Social media is meant to have our eyes glued to it for as many minutes and then hours and then days and then weeks and months of our lives. If we added it up, we would just faint from shock at just how much my mind is turned to everything but the God who truly is everything. So we follow the Magi. And instead, trying to use our reason to reach up to God. They were able to read the prophecies and see in the stars that God was doing something incredible. They only knew God from uh, a distance, right? They did not know from the inside of the relationship that Israel had with their God. Instead, from the outside, they looked upon it and said, you know what? This God that we know a little bit about, he's calling us closer. And they are willing to go closer, to journey, to leave that place of comfort to the place of being surprised by truth, by God, and being able to learn something new about him. Are we willing to do that? You see, they came with gold and frankincense and myrrh. What God wants from us is just a little bit more of our time, our attention, our focus. And we give it to him in this new year. Because then once they reached that place that reason could bring them to, they were overjoyed at the star because they realized the star meant that they were following in the right path, that God was doing something new right there. But then when they saw that infant king, that's when faith needed to come to the table. Because reason can only take us that so far. Reason can take us to the place of there is a God, but who this God is and how he reveals himself, that's where we respond in faith. Saying, yes, Lord, I want to know you and I believe in your revelation in Jesus Christ. When they saw a little baby, they needed to have faith that, that baby was more than just an infant, but in fact, the king. We often think, Yeah, if I lived in the times of Jesus, if I was in Jerusalem when he was teaching and preaching, I would totally have believed that he was God. Maybe. I mean, a lot of people didn't. A lot of people started believing, and then when he called them to conversion, it was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe actually he's just a crazy prophet. I'm going to go my merry way, and I'm going to miss the Messiah. How often is that the case for us? Where we say, yes, Lord, I believe, and then we read the teachings of the church about this or that or this other thing. Or we finally dive into scripture and realize, ooh, I need to convert some of my patterns of thinking and speaking and acting. And we say, you know what? Maybe this isn't all true, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe just parts of it are. Maybe God isn't really in the church. After all, he's bigger than that. So 
I'm just going to have this vague conception of God as this benevolent force out there who's really okay with however I live. Because I don't want to meet God as he is. I want to make him in my own image. But the Magi had reason and they had faith. Faith enough to say this infant is the king. We will give him our gifts. We will prostrate ourselves. We will go home by another way. Isn't that a great detail? That they didn't go home the same way that they came there because they were changed by that encounter. Am I changed by my encounter with Christ at the Mass? Or in prayer? Or as he is revealed in Scripture? Or as I encounter him in the timeless teachings of the Church? Because it takes just as much faith to believe that he was there at the manger as to believe that he is here at the altar. If it were not the exercise of faith, nobody would have been able to see God in the man Jesus. If not by the exercise of faith, we won't meet God in the host either. It takes the same amount of faith. But it's faith that is then backed up by reason. Because Truth does not contradict truth. So it's not that I shut off my brain the moment that I start exercising my faith. It's that I say, God, I take you at my word, and now I'm going to exercise my reason in trying to understand how this could be. Well, we often stop short of doing that because we're intimidated. We think, what if I ask a question that I don't find a satisfactory answer to right away? What if my faith ends up starting to erode because I started thinking too deeply about this? What if I can't find the answers? Well, what's beautiful is that we have a 2,000-year-old deposit of faith. Actually, even longer than that because the scriptures, God's self-revelation has been going on for millennia. But we have this treasury of knowledge about who God is, who he's revealed himself to be. Theology is faith-seeking understanding, and that's what members of our church have been doing since the very beginning. The question that you have, the doubt in your heart, the question in your mind, you're not the first to have it and you won't be the last. And maybe someone before you has wrestled with it and can give you that answer that draws you closer to the Lord. But where do we find this stuff? Right? Do we have to go to years of seminary in order to learn it? No. No, what's beautiful is that your mother of the church has given you something, a reference point, to where you're not dependent on, oh, well, this week we have Father Michael and he says this. Next week we have Father Franklin and he says that. But in my other parish, I have a Father so-and-so, but also I was on the internet and this guy's saying this and that guy's saying that. And we just get lost in this sea of, well, what is the truth? Thankfully, we're not dependent on Pastor Rob or Pastor Rick. Right? Our church is not based on one personality. It is not just one man's uh, interpretation of the Gospels that we need to take as Gospel truth. But it's a 2,000 year tradition rooted in the Scriptures, expounded on in the Catechism. Right? In, uh, following the Second Vatican Council, the church decided we need another reference point once again. Because in the past we had points of reference where 
the Catholics were able to go and say, okay, what is it that my t- faith teaches? And they can go there and say, oh, okay, now I know definitively. It's not this man's opinion or that one. This is the truth. Well, we have this book, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. But we don't open it. We don't read it. We kind of treat it as an encyclopedia sometimes that I might go and reference one particular article, but who am I to really get to know this stuff? Who are you? You are a baptized member of the body of Christ. That means that God infused you with everything that you need in order to know him, to be in a deep relationship with him. I can't say that I know God if I don't want, or that I love God if I don't want to know him. That'd be like someone getting ready for marriage. And I say like, oh, what is it that you love about uh, your, your bride that you're about to marry? And he says, I really, I try not to get to know her too much because what if there's something that I don't like? So really, I, I know more or less her first name. I don't know if it's really her name, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her. And then 20 years into it, I might ask her, so what is it that you've learned about your husband? It's like, oh, we don't ever talk. We don't spend time together. I just... I'm worried that there might be more mystery there than, than I can handle. So we just kind of pass by each other every now and again. I know there might have been periods in your, in your marriage that were kind of like that. So no shame. Um, but that as the foundation of a relationship is a little bit shaky. And yet that's how we treat the Lord. We're so scared to get to know him. We're so scared sometimes to have him reveal parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at. But it's what our hearts long for. That's the only way that we're going to be overjoyed. Filled with that joy that just overflows into our life. But we still might say, well, who's going to guide me through the catechism? Because it's this big old thick book. And there's so many words in there that I don't understand. And I don't want to feel embarrassed that I don't know some of this stuff. Because, you know what, I've been at this Catholic thing for a long time, and I'm kind of insecure that that there are things that I should know that I don't. Well, this year you have a wonderful opportunity. Have any of you ever heard of Father Mike Schmitz? Yeah, so he's a great internet personality and just a wonderful human being. He's the real deal. Just a good, holy, happy, humble priest. But he also has a gift for breaking down concepts that might seem very difficult for us and putting it in a way that we can understand. He's been doing it for years on various topics of the faith, but then he rose to complete stardom two years ago with the Bible in a year, where he had a podcast where every day he just read from scripture and explained what he had read. It was a national, actually worldwide sensation, number one podcast out of all podcasts for a while. And he felt a calling from the Lord to go the next step, the catechism in a year. Because we all feel like the Bible, okay, I I can do the Bible, right? Because I know some of these stories. But the catechism, it's like, whoa, 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 Father, that's a a bit too far. I don't want to be some extremist Catholic actually knowing my faith. Well, he's now doing a podcast of that. And if you don't know what that is, ask your kids and grandkids and they will let you know. But I'm guessing you all know. And it only takes about 20 minutes of your day each day. You can always find that to listen to something. 
But I'd encourage you to give more time than that. Maybe 20 minutes to listen and then 20 minutes to pray through what you just listened to. And to be able to go through this journey of learning all of the faith. Right? Because there, there is, it is a systematic presentation of who we are, what we believe, how we live, and how we pray. It's this incredible way of knowing what it means to be Catholic. And by this time next year, you can have that confidence of saying, I know my faith. Not perfectly, but I, I, I have a grasp of what it is that it means to be a Catholic. I can share that with people because I'm grounded in it. And so I'd encourage you. I mean, we're eight days into it, so you might have to like listen to a few of the episodes back to back over the next few days to catch up. But to have the courage and the willingness of spirit to do it, to tune in, to receive this great gift of an explanation of our faith so you can know the joy of not only seeing Jesus but recognizing him as he is of not only knowing a little bit about him, but knowing him because you've engaged your reason and your faith in this relationship that he wants to have with you. And if we do that, then we, like the Magi, will be changed. When we give God our gifts of time and attention and focus, we end up receiving the gift of a relationship with him, that relationship with the God of all truth and the God of all joy which will leave us changed and will help us to be instruments of change for those who are desperately seeking the joy of the Lord as well.